Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. As we often do, we're jumping right into today's episode. It is kind of a follow-up to last week's episode where I discussed the importance of balance and learning to navigate the middle and why trying to live or make progress at the extremes just doesn't work long-term. If you missed that episode, the episode prior to this, it's episode number 180, I highly recommend you go back and check it out. You may even want to pause this episode, stop this episode, and go back and listen to that one first and then come to this one because we're following that up in knowing those principles and concepts that I teach and explain in episode number 180 will be super helpful for you. We also in that episode got into a little bit of how anxiety plays into weight loss and dieting. So maybe if everything else uh, said it wasn't enticing enough, that will get you to go back and listen to that episode. But all of this brings us to today and to this week's episode. I'm going to explain two very specific things that I see people get majorly out of balance. And once one of these, like you might guess, the other one will probably surprise you. So let's, like I said earlier, let's jump right in. We got a lot to cover. I want to start with the one that you might guess, the thing that people get out of balance that you're like, yeah, I know, I probably do that myself, or I see a lot of other people do that. And that is the scales. I don't mean the scales are out of balance like they tip over. I mean, your relationship with the scales might be out of balance. See, with pretty much everything in life, we have a spectrum from one extreme to the other, from one end to the other. And the problem is, in an attempt to reduce or eliminate uncertainty and like try to calm our anxiety or, or reduce our mental fatigue, we opt for one end or the other. We opt for all or nothing. And we totally ignore the middle ground and flip-flop to one extreme or the other. And the scales are no different. Most people who want to lose weight or have been overweight most of their life or who are battling body image issues, these folks, these people usually weigh multiple times every week or maybe even once per day. And in some cases, they'll weigh more than once per day. They're chained to the scales. It's almost like an addiction. They're a slave to the scales. They're constantly looking for feedback. They want something that will validate themselves and validate what they're doing. It's like, ugh, this diet sucks. Ooh, let me step on the scales and see if it's working. Let me step on the scales to see how much weight I've lost. Look, I get it. It, it seems to make sense on the surface. But there are about one million things wrong with this approach to weight loss. Losing weight isn't tit for tat. It's not like, oh, I do this and I lose one pound and I do that and I lose another pound. No, that's not how it works. We fall into this mindset of like all of my hard work and sacrifice should be rewarded with a lower number on the scales every time I step on the scales. It should, dang it. And if it's not, then this diet is stupid and it doesn't work and I'm quitting. Or maybe your brain goes a slightly different route. I'm just not trying hard enough. So I'll cut out more carbs and I'll do even more cardio because by golly, I've got to see those scales go down. And that last part, you don't really think consciously, <laughs> but that's what it is. It's like this diet's either stupid and I'm going to quit because the scales aren't moving or 
maybe the diet's not stupid. Maybe I feel like I'm stupid and I'm not working hard enough and I'm not giving it my all. So I'm going to punish myself even more just to get the number to go down. Here's the thing, guys. Grab a pen. I'm about to drop some scale wisdom on you. <laughs> number one, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way, guys. Checking the scales all the time does not lead to weight loss. It leads to frustration, confusion, and emotional reactions. It messes with your mind. Emotional reactions to a very fickle, temporary number that can change by the hour for about a hundred different reasons. So number one, it doesn't work that way. That's not how weight loss works. Number two, even if it seems to work short term, you're like, Corey, I know if I weigh in consistently, my weight will go down. Okay, good. If it works short term, possibly, it doesn't work long term unless you like being a slave to the scales. If it doesn't bother you and, you know, using the scales as a paddle to spank yourself to, <laughs> to get yourself back in line, if, if that's okay and, and riding that emotional roller coaster doesn't bother you, then that's fine. Roll with it. But speaking of being a slave to the scales, this brings up point number three. This whole like weigh myself all the time approach really, and I mean really, can jack up your relationship with your body, with food, and of course, with the scales. Before you know it, your worth hinges on that one number. You're an invaluable human being who is talented and needed and wanted and loved by so many, but somehow... Your value and your worth and your mood and emotions are all determined by how much downward force you put on the earth. <laughs> it's like, if we pull back and think about it, guys, it's like, uh, seriously? God, is that really the case? And you may think, no, no, I know I'm valuable. I know I'm worthy. But my friend, listen, if you're weighing and the number you see is not what you want to see and it messes with your mind and sends you on this huge emotional roller coaster then yes, that's what is being communicated, is that your value and your worth is somehow tied to that number. Hopefully you can begin to see how this is really kind of absurd and really unfortunate. But, as I often say, I get it. If you've battled your weight for most of your life, if you were picked on as a kid because of your body, if, God forbid, oh my goodness, you had a parent or some other authority figure who made you feel bad about your body, then yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's not your fault. Somewhere along the way, it was ingrained into your brain that your life will be better, and you will be better, and you will be more lovable if that number on the scales would just go down. So it's a no-brainer. That little number does mean a lot to you. So you track it like your life depends on it because it does feel like your life depends on it. And here's the thing. I know one statement or one podcast episode won't necessarily totally change your life. We can't fix that with one statement or one episode. But please turn up the volume and hear me, okay? Please. I'm here to tell you that while it seems to make sense based off of maybe your, your history and what's been ingrained into your brain, while it seems to make sense, your worth and value and beauty is not based on what the scales say. I'm also here to tell you that the scales are not the ultimate gauge or grade of how you're doing with your quote-unquote diet 
or your food or your exercise or weight loss program. You've probably heard me say it before, but you might need to hear it again. The scales rarely tell the truth and they never tell the whole story. If you understood the human body like I do from a physiological perspective, if you understood the different things that you are composed of from the various fluids to your lean mass, to your fat mass, to your bone mineral composition and your bone density, all of these things, then you would fully understand, wait a minute, this one number, man, it, it, it really, it's tough for it to tell the truth. I mean, it's a limitation of the scales. And not only that, it never can tell me the whole story. I need so much more than that. I need blood work. I need my blood pressure taken. I need to maybe do a, a full DEXA scan, which tells me all of these other numbers. It tells me my body fat percentage. It tells me my, how many pounds of lean mass, which is muscle, I have. It tells me my bone mineral composition. All these things are so important, so much more important than just the downward force I put on the earth because that's all the scales tell you. So if the scales are not the ultimate gauge or grade of how you're doing and and they're really limited in what they can tell you, why in the world do we look to them for a grade of our efforts? Why in the world do we step on them for validation? Why do we look to them for validation of how we've been doing with our food and exercise? You only look to them because you think there's nowhere else to look. It's like, Corey, what, man, I hear what you're saying, but what else am I supposed to do? I mean, I diet so that I can lose weight. It's like, I know you said it's not tit for tat, but that's what it feels like in my world. How else am I supposed to gauge my efforts? Like, I don't even know what a DEXA scan is, and I don't even know if I have one of those around that I could have done. I don't know what you're talking about. But here's the thing. Please remember, the scales are just one piece of data amongst many, many, many data points, guys. It's just data. This is why inside my Inner Circle Coaching Group, we put such an emphasis on life gained. Write that down and put it somewhere where you can see it. The more you can focus on life gained, just as much or more than weight lost, it will change your life. Life gained, what is it? It's all of the other things. It's stuff like your relationship to food. Let's say that over the course of two weeks, you only lose one pound. But if you're honest, you're like, wow, I haven't stressed about food. Woo! <laughs> That's, that is massive life gained. And you know what? That's only going to lead to not only more enjoyment of your life, but it's going to lead to more weight loss. So when we talk about life gain, we talk about stuff like your relationship to food. We talk about your day-to-day peace of mind and enjoyment of life. Yourself talk about your body. Are you beginning to change the way your brain works? Are you being kinder to yourself? We talk about your enjoyment of food and social outings. When you went to your child's birthday party, did you for the first time maybe in who knows how long, did you not beat yourself up about eating a piece of cake? And you actually just enjoyed it. And there was no stress or guilt or shame afterwards. That's life gained. We talk about your blood values from your doctors. Because guess what? I know a ton of quote-unquote skinny people who have extremely high cholesterol, maybe they're diabetic or they're deep into diabetes or borderline diabetic or they have triglycerides through the roof. So let's talk about your blood values. What is the inside of your body telling us? Not to mention, guys, with life gain, the more obvious stuff like how your clothes fit, your fitness level. Are you able to do all the things in life that you want to do and you enjoy doing? Your fitness level and your energy levels determine that. It's like, yeah, man, I actually have the energy to play with my kids after I finish up my work for the day. And that's incredible. I actually have the energy 
to, you know, go on a hike this weekend. And I love hiking and I haven't felt like hiking because my knees have been hurting so bad. And now like, I know I've only lost six pounds. And so for a lot of people that would be disappointing, but my knees feel so much better. And I was able to go on a hike with my wife or with my husband or with my friends. And it was incredible. That's life gained. (laughs) And let's not forget just What about how kind you are to yourself and how much you're enjoying life overall? Life gained. It is way more important than weight loss. And if you don't believe me, just come hang out with me for a while. And I can tell you story after story after story of people I know who've hit their weight loss goals and they are absolutely miserable. And they are cruel to themselves with their self-talk. And what they did to lose that weight has made them absolutely miserable. Okay. Whew. Okay. Wrap it up, Corey. Let's bring it. Let's bring it in. I'm not wrapping up this episode, but I got to wrap up this point. I could go on and on and on for probably two or three hours about the scales and how sucky and damaging a scale addiction can be, but it's time to move on because I see some people who go from being totally addicted, weighing every day, because today we're talking about extremes. So I see people who go from that addiction to not weighing at all. (laughs) It's like once they take the leap and they stop weighing, they feel so much better. And it's like, wait a minute. Okay. I get it. Weighing, weighing is crappy. Weighing makes me feel terrible. I'm just not going to weigh again. It's like once that emotional drag is gone, they realize just how much it was impacting them. And they're like, screw that. I'm never weighing ever again. (laughs) And just like that, we're boop. We're at the other end of the spectrum. We've jumped from one extreme to the other. From weighing all the time to not weighing ever at all. If you've listened to the last episode, which I encouraged you to do at the beginning, then you know the magic lies in the middle. We can't just frog hop from one extreme to the other, from one end of the spectrum to the other. Typically, the extremes will not bring what you truly want in life. Weighing all the time sucks, yes. But not weighing at all, it might feel so much better. But then we're totally missing an important piece of data. And now it's time for the but Corey part of this episode. But Corey, an important piece of data. Dude, you just said the scales were stupid and they never tell the truth or something like that. I don't know. And now you're saying it's an important piece of data? I mean, what the bleep? Like, I can't figure this out. Okay, okay, hold on. First of all, if you feel that way, all or nothing is strong with you, okay? (laughs) So, So just calm down, take a deep breath. Let's get this clear. The scales do provide baseline concrete data. We can't ignore that. Is it the ultimate determinant of who you are and how you've been doing? No, not at all. But it is an important piece of data that we need to gather. We need to get that data, gather that data every now and then. So assuming you have a goal to lose weight and improve your health, it's important. On the other hand, if your doctor says you're healthy and you're at peace with your body, and you feel good, then screw the scales. As far as I'm concerned, there's no reason for you to weigh. But don't miss this. Any and all of you, here's what you must understand. If you choose to totally stop weighing, if you're like, that's it, Corey said I don't have to weigh anymore, I'm not weighing. If you choose to totally stop weighing, then you forfeit the right to get upset by what the scales say when you eventually step on them again. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why we need to live in the middle. My point is this, guys. The best solution is found somewhere in the middle. Once people get into my coaching group, we help them figure this out. Most people settle into touching base with the scales about once per month, somewhere around there. 
and they love it. It's so freeing. It's so nice. And then the other three or four weeks, this empowers them to recognize and celebrate all of the incredible life gained that I was talking about earlier. The life gained that they get by improving their health and reducing their stress around food. So weighing all the time leads to scale addiction and you believing that your worth or your grade is totally determined by that one number. And this just leads to roller coaster emotions that are no fun. But on the flip side, never weighing yourself might be a huge relief. It might feel like a huge relief. But if you have a goal to lose weight and improve your health, it's kind of the equivalent of just burying your head in the sand if you never weigh at all. When you totally stop weighing, you're missing an important piece of data and you forfeit your right to be upset by what the scale says. Because you obviously don't care. Otherwise, you would have checked in with it every now and then. <laughs> the middle ground, my friend. The middle ground. It's magical. You just got to learn how to get there and how to stay there. Okay. Next up is the second way that I see people get out of balance. And this one might surprise you. It's with food. So, I mean, well, this is a weight loss podcast. It makes perfect sense. Corey's talking about scales and the food, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. This one, this one is a little different. Specifically with food, it's when too much of someone's life revolves around food and eating or when someone's life is so busy and scattered that they basically have no time or energy to think about food. These are the two extremes. Now, at first, you may go, wait a minute. When too much of someone's life revolves around food and eating, that would be good. Then you could put all your focus on food and you could really eat the right things and lose weight. No, 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 no. It's not how it works. Guys, don't miss this. Here's the punchline. Without doubt, the people that I see who are most successful with life-changing long-term weight loss, they find that happy medium of paying attention to their food, like what they're eating and if it fits their goals, but also not allowing food to dominate their life. When too much of your life revolves around food and eating, one of two things typically happens. You either become obsessed with whatever diet or program you're doing, and you're, before you know it, you're overthinking and hyperanalyzing everything, and it's consuming so much of your mental energy that it's just a matter of time before it works itself to a fever pitch, and all you want to do is escape. It's like, oh, this is driving me nuts. All I can think about is exactly what I'm supposed to have for breakfast and exactly what I'm supposed to have for lunch. Oh, and the crazy part is you really don't even want to escape the foods. It's not even the food you're eating. You probably don't even hate those foods. It's just that you're mentally exhausted. Food and food prep and planning ahead dominates your brain and it leaves you feeling stressed and frazzled. That's the first thing that can happen if too much of your life revolves around food. But for some people, it's not this. That's typically like the type A person, the person who tends to be more of a perfectionist. They, they, they lock into that. Oh, it's got to be just right. And then ultimately the, the baseline problem is the same. Too much of their life is, revolves around food and that particular diet. But it can manifest a different way. The second thing that I see happen is people struggle, like really struggle to make any changes, even really simple changes to their food, because so much of their joy and pleasure in life is based on food. And typically they have no idea. Whenever I coach these people, they struggle to make changes at all, like even small, simple changes. And then they get flustered and they can't figure out what's going on. It's like they get frustrated with themselves. Like what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Like these are, you're not asking, like this is simple. You're not asking a lot, Corey. Why don't I just do it? Well, <laughs> it's because their food and drink provides the bulk of their pleasure and comfort in life. And for some of you, you just had an epiphany moment. 
holy crap, that's me. He's exactly right. And until we find something else that can take pleasure and comfort, that can take that role in your life or in their life, until we find something else that they or you can take pleasure and comfort in, my client will continue to struggle. If this is you, you will continue to struggle. But there are other, there are other ends of the food spectrum. So let's, let's not camp out there too long. Let's flip to the other end of the spectrum. When someone's life is so busy and just kind of scattered and stressful, they often feel like they have no time or energy to think about food. Or maybe they legitimately have no time or energy to think about food and making sure they have the right foods or their foods align with their goals. Regardless, either way, this usually leads to what 90% or more of adults experience between the ages of 25 and 50. They are super busy working, starting a family, raising a family, doing all the things, and then before you know it, whammo! They're 20 or 30 or 50 or 60 pounds overweight, borderline diabetic, and they're like, oh, what happened? How did I get here? Well, my friend, as much as it seems like it kind of happened overnight, it didn't. It was a gradual but progressive process, week by week, month by month. Through the years, as you were so busy and you didn't have time to pay attention to your food and your body and your health, you gradually gained weight and experienced a decline in health. And if I had to guess, most of these people scattered through the 15 or 20 or 25 years, there are diet attempts, there are weight loss attempts, and there might have even been times when they would say, oh, I was doing really good then, <laughs> which is a phrase I'm not a huge fan of because that means you're doing bad the rest of the time and you're not good or bad. It's just all life. But there were, during that time, there were scattered attempts, but nothing was ever consistent enough to make a difference. So there was just this progressive decline. And when people like this come to me, one of the first steps is intentionally carving out time to make some small food and small activity changes in their life. These people experience more of a logistics issue, like how are we going to fit this into your life? While people who take too much pleasure and comfort in their food, what I discussed earlier, they experience an emotional issue. How will I replace this pleasure in my life while changing my food? Again, guys, it doesn't matter where you find yourself amongst all of this. The magic, the success you want, the results you want, the life you want, the magic lies in the middle. Like I said earlier, the people that I see who have life-changing long-term weight loss are able to find that happy medium of carving out time, giving their food enough attention and thought, but also not allowing food to dominate their life or be a massive primary source of comfort and pleasure. Now let me throw in a little side note right here very quickly. Please understand, I am not saying that we should never derive pleasure or comfort from our food. Like, oh, that's, no, that's not what food's for. You should get pleasure and comfort from other things in life. Not at all, man. I freaking love food. Are you kidding me? If you're in my coaching group, you know this. And here's the thing. I think we should enjoy food as much as possible. But just like the theme of this episode and last week's episode, whenever we get out of balance, whenever we bank on food providing the majority of our pleasure or comfort, it causes problems. We're out of balance and we have a problem. 
or we at least have a problem that's beginning to brew up in our lives. Balance, my friends, it is boring, but it makes everything better. And it is the exact thing, as boring as it sounds, that will help get you to where you want to go. Okay, let's pull it all together. So I'm sure some of you might have been nodding your head at times during this episode, totally identifying with one of the four scenarios I described. Maybe it's being addicted to the scales, finding too much of your worth and value in the scales, using the scales as a gauge or a grade of how you're doing with your food. Or maybe it's completely avoiding the scales. Maybe they've become so emotional or painful for you that you just don't weigh at all. Or maybe it's paying too much attention to food and maybe taking too much pleasure and comfort in food, if you're honest with yourself. Or maybe it's just you're super crazy, busy, and stressed, and you have no time to pay attention to food. doesn't matter. doesn't matter which one you find yourself in or which one you fall into. Please understand, there's no shame, my friends. We're all somewhere on this spectrum and every other spectrum in life. It is what it is. It's just life. The question is, do we have the courage and self-honesty to see it? Are we willing to be really honest with ourselves and see where we are? And then, how will we move forward? Will we be brave enough to address it and move toward more balance, like to try to take steps toward more balance in our life or in this area of our life? Or will we just shuffle along and pretend it's not really the case for us? Like, ah, that was interesting, but I don't think that's really me. (laughs) That's the challenge I leave you with today. Don't just click and go to the next podcast on your list. Take a few minutes and really think. Maybe listen to this episode again. Maybe send it to someone who knows you really well and ask them, hey, will you listen to this podcast episode and let me know, like, do any of these scenarios really describe me? Because let's be honest, guys, sometimes for, for, it's hard for ourselves to see ourselves. That didn't make any sense. Sorry. Sometimes it's hard for us to accurately see ourselves, right? And so we need to invite someone else in. I've talked about this before, the importance of coaching. But even if it's not a coach, if it's just someone who knows you really well and who you, who you know cares for you and loves you, invite them in. Hey, listen to this. Would, do any of these really describe me? Do any of these scenarios really fit me and what you've seen in my life? Because here's the thing. Don't miss this. Losing weight and loving yourself will be very, very tough to do if you're out of balance and don't have a good relationship with the scales or with food. And the first vital step to changing this, to any change or to any progress that you want in life, is awareness. Like I said earlier, it's being courageous enough and self-honest enough to see where you truly are, what's really going on with you, what your habits and patterns are. And then once you see the truth, you can begin to take steps to change. But most people go about it backwards. They never even try to figure out the truth for them or their stuff, their patterns and habits and recurring thoughts and beliefs. Instead, they just try to plow forward with force and do some extreme diet like we talked about in the last episode (laughs) or some weight loss challenge. And while it may deliver short-term results, it will not fix the underlying problems. It won't bring you back into balance and show you how to navigate and thrive in what I like to call the magical middle, where you achieve your goals and you still fully enjoy your life and food and you get to a place of much better mental health when it comes to your body and food and dieting and weight loss and all of those associated things. 
My friends, I hope this has been helpful. And I hope you'll take action with what I suggested. And remember, I always love hearing from you. You can reach me on Facebook. I'm Corey Little Coaching. Or Instagram, where I'm Corey Little Coach. Full confession, as I've said before, I'm not super active on social media because I'm way too busy recording podcast episodes and coaching the people inside my group. So the best option is probably email. You can reach me at support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, at CoreyLittleCoaching.com. Now, let's wrap up today's episode like we always do. It's even more important to do it today. Please never forget that you are so much more than a number. So don't let the scales dominate your headspace or dictate your emotions for the day. You're more than that. You're more than your downward force on the earth. But also, maybe don't totally leave them alone. Maybe just touch base with them every now and then. And the hold they have on you and your brain and your emotions will begin to be broken. You're so much more than a number. You're incredible. And you're loved and you're worthy and you're wanted and you're valuable regardless of what the scale says. And my friend, I know you probably want to lose weight because you're listening to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, so I can make that, <laughs> that guess. But here's the thing. Losing weight is incredible, and I love helping people do it. But what really matters is life gained. Losing weight is really all about gaining life and living the life that you've always wanted to and doing the things that you've always wanted to and having wonderful mental health around food and weight loss in your body, in the scales, so that you can have peace of mind. And like I said, just really enjoy life. Enjoy the crap out of life. <laughs> and if you've struggled to do that, I know what is probably bouncing around in your head. The bully in your brain is going going off, man. They're beating the crap out of you. And you may be convinced, like, I, I can't do it. I'll never be successful. And that's total BS. Here's the thing. Even if you don't believe in yourself, please know that I believe in you. And you can borrow my belief. Just borrow my belief. Keep coming back. I'll keep working on you, and we will get you there. Take care, guys. God bless. Bye-bye.